Morning, Fairhill Church. If kids want to head out, they can do that, which is odd given the sermon topic today, but uh, you'll see why. Um, it's good to be with you. Uh, we are, once again, looking at the Gospel of Mark. We're looking at how we can follow our King, the Lord Jesus, and the disciples. They bring a question to mind this week, uh, a few questions, actually. Who deserves to have access to Jesus? Who gets, who gets to be welcomed into this kingdom of God, and how can we receive it? That's our question this morning, and these are important questions because this shapes the way that you are going to interact with anyone you're trying to invite into the body, the way that you, you give people access to Jesus or not. It has implications for how we approach Jesus Christ and what expectations are upon us before we can go to him. And most importantly, it has the big question. When you, array, uh, like when you arrive at the pearly gates at the end of your life, are you going to be welcomed into the kingdom of God or not? So it's those kind of questions that we're looking at. Uh, all these questions brought about because uh, the disciples are blocking some little children from approaching Jesus. So let's look at Mark 10, verses 13 through 18. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Let's pray. Father, we, we praise you that we can call you Father. And we can call you Father because you have received us through Christ. And that your arms are open uh, when we are such as the little children. Father, we ask that you would show us what that means and that you would shape our hearts and our, our minds to understand that we would enter into this great promise, this great blessing, that we get to receive the kingdom like children. Father, I ask that you would, uh, you would be here with us, that you would fill us with your spirit and be glorified, your name, through the work of Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, so we begin with kind of two, two diverging opinions on what to do with these little children visiting Jesus. Now, first, the opinion of the disciples. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them but the disciples rebuked them. All right, so we can, we can set the scene a little bit. There's this line forming of parents with, all right, these aren't, these aren't older kids. These are, these are small. These are babies and toddlers, and they're lining up to get a blessing from Jesus Christ, this one who's, who's done great miracles, who is teaching throughout the land. And all right, what do the disciples see? The disciples see this, this Messiah, the, the coming one who does all of these amazing things, suddenly he's, he's stuck being the, the Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, as, as this stream of children come to them, and they just think, all right, what a waste. We have this great teacher, and they can't learn anything from him. They have this great healer. They're not sick. They don't really need anything. He's a king. They can't worship him. 
And on the list of priorities for the Messiah, the coming king, all right, they're saying this is, this is low on the priority list. And they say, you know what, keep your kids back. And how does Jesus respond to this? Verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was indignant. All right, my hope is that as through this series, we start to see uh, more facets of who Jesus is. And we kind of get a little bit led into the, the personality of Jesus. And I hope we're starting to see that uh, some of the images that we have start to fall away. All right, of all passages, you would want to see like this. You would expect Jesus to be this warm, fuzzy guy. And it's often how he's depicted, even mostly through this story, that he's just kind of this like glassy-eyed, kind of on a cloud, far away, and kind of smiley in general. You know, and just kind of like wanders around saying, I love you, and hugging people. All right. Or, or you have this image of like this morose, kind of like Eeyore, wandering around, being sad and suffering. Uh, all right. Here's another one we have. This is indignant Jesus. He's upset. He's mad. Now, indignant, uh, what does that mean? What does indignant mean? Uh, if you don't understand a word in the Bible, just look it up in the dictionary. All right, that's, that's all you have to do. Uh, feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. Feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. All right, some other places where this happens. Uh, this is the emotion that the disciples felt when James and John called dibs on the best spots in the kingdom of heaven. Like, oh, I, I went right and left. And what did the disciples say? They're indignant. You can't, you can't call dibs on that. And, and like, wait, we didn't know we were claiming our spots. And they get, they get upset because this isn't fair. This is the same emotion the disciples felt when they wa- saw the, an unclean woman take this kind of the, the most precious of perfumes and pour them all over Jesus' feet. They were indignant. Like, what, what are you doing? This is, a, this is expensive. There's... There's poor people, there's starving people out there, and here you are wasting it on the the feet of Jesus. They were indignant. All right, here is Jesus, and he is watching the disciples keep the little children from coming to him, and he is indignant. This is unfair, and he is angry, and he is upset about it. Now, just so we have a a full-orbed understanding of emotion, uh, there can be a holy way in which you are annoyed. And if we are, you are upset. That if you watch injustice and unfairness and mistreatment, we actually should get upset. All right, sometimes you think you're a terrible parent because you're upset with your kids. Uh, sometimes you should be upset. They're being sinful and selfish and unfair. And that's, a, that's actually a Christ-like emotion to feel. We have to make sure that it's attached to, to God's justice and not our, our pleasures and our desires and our comforts. Uh, but there's a right way to feel this way. And uh, so the next obvious question is, why is Jesus so upset? Why is he so upset? And he, he, it's because the, it's, we'll see. All right. First, we'll start with why he, he doesn't say this, and it's, this is often how it's depicted. Jesus is not upset because... Little children are just wonderful. And they're cute and they're snuggly and they're just so sweet and he just wants to give them all hugs. That's not why he's upset. 
That's often how, how it's kind of represented, that, uh, that kids are just amazing gifts from God, and that, of course, Jesus would love them. Uh, there's a sense in which kids are great. All right, there's another sense in which they're, they're immature, and they're selfish, and they're, uh, they don't know a lot, and they make a lot of mistakes, and they're foolish. And uh, We're not supposed to be children in everything. We're not just given this blanket wash that, like, kids are perfect. And this isn't just this kind of warm, fuzzy Jesus that wants to give hugs. He has a very specific point in mind. And he's saying that in a certain way, they are a picture for us of the kingdom and those who possess the kingdom. All right, so just make sure we're not, we're not missing this. There's a lesson here. I want to make sure we get it. And here it is. He says, uh, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom belongs to such as these. That's the reason he's upset. It's because they're blocking those who, the kingdom belongs to people just like this. And specifically, the kingdom of God. Now, we should, we should our mind should, should explode with what this means, the kingdom of God. Uh, but we often have this kind of narrow view of it. The kingdom of God is the reign of Christ right now. It's this kingdom that he came to establish, a kingdom of righteousness. Where the other kingdom is the kingdom of darkness, where evil and injustice and sin reign. Jesus came to establish a different kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness. That for now is moral and spiritual, and it's adopted in the hearts of people who acknowledge God as king and as ruler and as lord and who are under his will and seeking righteousness and living out the will of God in the world. And one day, that kingdom is going to become physical. And it will be the only kingdom. It will be the, the eternal kingdom that will rule over the world. That's what we're talking about. And he's saying, okay, that kingdom belongs to those who are like children. doesn't belong to the children. It belongs to those who are like children in a certain sense. Now, once again, I want to make sure we're, we're clear on what this doesn't mean. The kingdom doesn't belong to children because they are so pure and sinless and innocent. Because they're not. They never were. Uh, that every single child born might be too immature to sin. They can't express their sin, but there's sin in their hearts. We've all received the, the sin inherited from our father, Adam, since the fall. And so we don't, we don't also get kind of you know, rosy glasses about the reality of what, where every child is at. No, there, there's sin there, and it's just waiting to express itself. Now, last time I, ta I taught about this, someone was like, Remy was a baby then. And they're like, Remy can't be. He is. Yeah, yeah him too. <laughs> uh, everyone. And you're like, but Vivi's so cute. Like, that, that doesn't hide a sinful heart. It's, it's there. It's there. And you parents, you know that. Uh, it's grandparents who forget. Um, <laughs> they just think their grandkids are wonderful. Uh, all right, so it's not innocence. It's not innocence and purity. If it were, we'd all be hopeless because then uh, how are we going to get back to that? Uh, that's not why the children receive the kingdom, why they possess it. 
Instead, he says that they, it belongs to them because children and the hearts of children are especially able to receive the kingdom. They have it, and it belongs to them because they are uniquely able to receive it. And if we are ever going to possess the kingdom, we must become like children and receive it like children receive their gifts. Truly I say to you, anyone who will not, rec- who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. It's a very specific nuance here of, of what makes children this picture that we, we ought to embrace. It's because of the way they receive the kingdom, and in general, the way they receive gifts. Now, this alone is, is revolutionary. I hope we see this. We often talk about entering into the kingdom of heaven, entering into the kingdom of God. But Jesus, he's, he's switching it a little bit, and he's saying, you know what, you disciples, it's not, it's, not, it's not just entering in, it's also receiving it. And you enter in once you've been able to receive this kingdom of God. That a kingdom of righteousness and your entrance into the kingdom of righteousness is a gift that is given to you. You are given permission and access as a great gift from Jesus Christ. And so a lot of the questions that we started out with, who, who gets to come to Jesus, how do we enter, uh, they're the wrong questions. Instead, the question is, what kind of person has a heart that is able to receive entrance into this kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness? And Jesus says, those who have hearts of children now, so that's where we're going we're gonna to put on our, our thinking caps. I can't believe I just said that. Um. <laughs> and, uh, all right, think of, think of the times you watch, not, not older children. Older children, like teenagers, they're just adults who are immature. All right, no, you go a little lower. Uh, yes, you know who you are. <laughs> they throw up their hands. You got me, got me there. All right, uh, these are little children, toddlers, little, little guys. How do they receive their gifts? If you watch them opening their birthday presents, their Christmas presents, how do they receive them? I think we're seeing two two main things. uh, Humility and openness. Humility and openness. All right, let's talk humility first. All right, these little children, they have a very natural humility about them. And when they receive gifts, they receive them humbly. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, it's not that they have this, this amazingly sanctified humility that we're called to. Uh, it's that they're forced into great humility because uh, they're not strong. They're not knowledgeable. They're not rich. They're not capable. They're not talented. They're not good at anything. They can't earn anything for themselves. They have done nothing. They have not contributed. All right, it's not to insult to these kids, but... That's where they're at. And if you give them a gift, that, that's the background that they live under day after day after day, second by second, is that everything that they ever receive is not because they earned it, but because they're, they humbly receive it. And from day one, they are ever dependent upon 
the gifts that are given to them that they might even survive. And so, they have this great humility that, do I deserve a gift? Well, no, I, I've, I've never deserved anything in all of life. So, <laughs> sure, I'll take it. And that, that is, that is the thing. That is how they receive the kingdom of God is because they can receive it humbly. Recognizing that it's not because of anything in them. I remind you, you have no righteousness with which to enter, enter the kingdom of righteousness. You have done nothing good that would deserve your place here. God isn't looking out for who, who, who he might give a VIP pass to because, you know, they've done a great job. And, you know, we go, go oh, I, I've, been, I've been promoted to the kingdom of heaven from all our good works, and we, we saunter into heaven. No, no one has done that. Not one person has done that. The only person who has ever deserved it was killed and gave you his entrance pass. Jesus Christ alone has earned anything. And if we're able to humbly receive it, that's the only way we get entrance into this kingdom. Is we're willing to humble ourselves and say, you know what, yes. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll accept the gift, knowing I didn't do anything. All right, let's compare that then to, uh, to how adults get gifts. All right, now think about, think about how, how you receive gifts uh, on Christmas Moms and dads, uh, all right, most of the time, you guys just buy yourself what you want. And then you give it to your spouse and say, here, this is what I got for myself. And you're supposed to give it to me. All right. Or, or K- Casey's dad used to say this uh, to Casey, like, uh, you have no money, and I don't want anything that you could buy me. And I have lots of money, and I know exactly what I want, so I'll, I'll take care of my own gifts. All right, and he got exactly what he wanted every year. Um, all right, or, or we have the, the, the families where they've moved out of the, the toddler years and into the teenage years, and suddenly uh, you have budgets, and you're allowed to spend this much, and you make your list, and you present it, and like, it's a very different feel. I have deserved this much of a budget, and I will expect to get this, and it's very calculated. All right, or the, the worst thing that can happen is that someone gives you a gift and you didn't give them anything. All right, that is devastating that we're indebted to this person and oh, oh no, I failed at Christmas. That's how we feel. Because uh, there's, there's very little humility here. We, we earn things. We want to be equal with everyone else. We don't want to be indebted to anyone. That's why he's saying you have to have the heart of a child to receive the kingdom of God because if you go with that mentality, you're never going to get there. That if you start trying to approach Jesus with how much you have done, how much righteousness you have earned, you know, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you, I'll show you what, what, what I think I am allotted in the kingdom of heaven based upon how good I have been. Uh, you will never receive it. And you will not find entrance. The kingdom is only offered to those who can admit that they have nothing, nothing to earn it. They deserve nothing. And yet are freely given it 
by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. That's his point. That's what he's trying to reinforce here. Uh, it doesn't, I don't care if you've tried your hardest. I don't care if you're better than other people. I don't care if you've, you've lived according to your conscience. No. You'll never do it. No one ever has. If you want to enter, you have to do it because you have cast off everything else and said, you know what, I'll take the free gift. And that's a great blessing if we are willing to accept it. That's the beauty of the gospel. I hope that causes us to rejoice that we love being just little children who just get to show up to Christmas morning, open our gifts, and we, we, didn't, get it, we didn't get God anything, and it's fine. He doesn't care. He knows that's how it works. You start trying to repay him, you, it all goes in the trash. Amen? Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, the second principle here. Openness. Children are very open to this gift-giving process. They like receiving things. And they unabashedly like the stuff that you give them, and they like receiving stuff, and they don't ask questions, they don't overthink it. Uh, hey, do you want this? Yes, give it to me. <laughs> I think, uh, my, my kid, like, okay, is that a present? He, he has uh, learned to identify present, all right? <laughs> he, he, and he knows what they look like. Is that a present? Yes. Can I open it? Yes. He opens it. Can we play with it? Yes. That's the whole, that's the whole, uh, how it works. There's no ifs and ifs. He doesn't care who gave it to him. He doesn't ask these questions like, what did I deserve? Did I earn it? What holiday is it? He doesn't care. Can, can I play with it? All right, we're going to compare that to my mother. All right, when my mother opens gifts, the first word that comes out of her mouth is, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, my brother realized this one Christmas. Like, she says, oh, no, like, oh, no, uh, like it's a, <laughs> it's a disaster. And, <laughs> oh, no, like, how, how much did you spend on this? Oh, oh, no, like, this, this, is, this is too nice. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, maybe we should return it. It's just, like, she doesn't even open the thing, and she's trying to return it. It's, it's, I, can't, I can't accept this. And All right, that's the difference. That's the difference between children and adults. Is that we, we're terrible at accepting gifts. I, I think of like, you see, you see videos and just like people trying to give out like $1,000 on the street. And then they like, like, go up to people and like, hey, hey, do you want, want $1,000? And you, the reaction of these people, like, oh, uh, <laughs> why? What, who, who are you? And I don't, I don't know. Uh, and they like won't touch it. And... I, I don't I don't really like money or uh, I don't know what would I do with it I no no <laughs> that's how we receive gifts because we feel uncomfortable to be in debt and we, we are incredibly suspicious and closed off and we think you know we possibly we can't be under someone's grace we don't like receiving grace we like earning things all right that's where that's where Jesus he talks about the kingdom, and he's, he's really saying, he's not saying, hey, look, uh, there's this great place. Try to earn your way here. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm giving you the ticket. It's eternal life. It's my righteousness. It's, it's the, my death covering every single one of your sin. It's totally vicarious. I take care of all of it. 
and I give you this new life that creates a harvest of righteousness and goodness. And I'll get rid of all of the spiritual sickness that is inside of you. And, what, and how, do, how do people react? Like, I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I don't really like righteousness, I don't think. Uh, all right, we can't receive it. And a lot of people don't receive it. Even though it is this incredible gift. If you tell children, hey, I'll, I'll give you a trade. You can trade Jesus all of your sin and death, and he'll give you all of his righteous and eternal life and eternal pleasures forevermore. And you know what kids say to that? I'll make the trade. Yeah, let's do it. Every <laughs> kids are like, yeah, this, this is very obvious. Like, uh, yes, yes, that sounds good. All right, until we have that heart, we will not receive the kingdom of God, and we will not enter into the kingdom of righteousness. It is a great gift. And if we are too suspicious or savvy or just foolish to receive it as a gift, if we turn it into a thing of works, it, the whole thing turns to ashes and, and we never make it. So, all right, let's talk some application here. Let's talk some application. Uh, all right. First, if you're not sure you're part of the kingdom of righteousness, I remind you, this is how you enter it. You, you make that trade. You say, yes, I'll, Jesus, uh, here, you can have all of my death and my sin, and you'll take it to the cross, and uh, I'll take all of your eternal righteousness and the life that you have lived perfectly and the life everlasting that's going to continue into eternity. I'll, I'll have that too, and we'll make that trade. We do that by, by trusting Jesus, by asking him for it, and trusting that he gives it to us. That he's taken all of our sin and death, taken it to the cross, and he's given us his eternal life forever, for free and by grace. All right, if you haven't done that, that, that is the application here, is to enter into the kingdom by receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. Now, for those of you who have done that, if you've done it once, you can do it again. In the sense that when you first came to Jesus, you came with nothing but sin, you came with nothing but debt, and you, you freely approached Jesus. Please do not think that you can't do that day after day after day. You thought, well, I, I sinned yesterday, now I need to come uh, begging on my knees, now I have to come with some kind of token righteousness. You don't. You don't have to fill your pockets first with a little bit of righteousness. You can buy an audience with Jesus. All right, that is, that is completely contrary to the kingdom of righteousness. If we go as children with nothing, he has arms wide open. If we go as lawyers trying to argue our way in, if we go as investors who have great portfolios, all right, we're not going to find Jesus with open arms. We're going to find the judge that we turned him into. And we're not going to enter into the kingdom. All right, there, there's great freedom in how we approach Jesus. Let's approach him as children. Joyfully. Running to his arms because it's the only way you're allowed to go. You're allowed to do that even after being a 
a believer for 5, 10, 15, 20, you still have sins. And you still approach them the same way. Now, uh, if you're bad at this, you can practice. If you're bad at this, you can practice. But it's not by uh, sitting and staring at your Bible. Uh, I have two, two ways that you can practice this. You can give people gifts as if they are little children. And you can practice. You can practice welcoming them with open arms and giving them things that they do not deserve and in asking for nothing in return. In doing that, you will, you will practice the gospel. And you'll be reminded, oh right, this is how I live every single day. And it'll, it'll battle your soul because you'll think this is so unjust and you'll be reminded, no, this is what the gospel is. As I do it, uh, it'll be in, it's reinforced. There's great blessing in actually obedience because it, it pushes the truths of the kingdom deeper into our hearts. If you can't give something, without any expectations, uh, likely you can't receive it either. And so this is a, a helpful practice to actually live out of the abundance of grace that is in Christ. All right, second, you can tell people about this. You can tell people about this and invite them into the kingdom. Because, okay, people, people think that there is this insurmountable wall of righteousness keeping them from God. They do. And, they, and most of them uh, think they can't possibly climb it, and a few people think they have. All right. our, our goal is to break down all of those barriers and say, no, come as a child, come undeserving, come without anything in your pockets, and you'll be welcomed. Come with all of your sin. Right. I want to I challenge us because we, we try to sell Christianity like it's a timeshare. <laughs> like we're tricking them. <laughs> and it's like the worst thing imaginable, but like, uh, I, I bought it, so you, you have to too. Uh, and, we st- and, and the way we share this is with all of this like embarrassment and with all this fine print. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to have salvation, but, but you, you have to, you can't, you can't keep sinning. Make, make sure, you know, I, I didn't say that. And, oh, uh, yeah, you have to start going to church and stuff. And, you know, you have to try to be a good person. And, oh, by the way, uh, you have to die on the cross. You have to die for, you know, we bear your own cross. But, all right, that, that's not the invitation. And, really, that's not the core message. The core message is Jesus has done everything. He will work life in them. He will work life in those people. He will do those things, and it will be a blessing. And as he does those things, he will be eliminating death and the, the poison that is in their lives for their good. All right, that is a gift of itself. All of this is a gift. All of this is blessing. All of this is preparing us for eternal life. All right, watch the way you share the gospel. And if you don't share the gospel, try it. All right, there's something, there's something spiritual about saying what the gospel is to another person and, and hearing it echo back and realize, like, I don't know if I believe this. And this is not how I live, and you'll be helped. 
and you'll start to realize how beautiful this gospel is when you start giving it to people freely and without anything, any fine print, and you realize that's actually how I'm supposed to live. Are you willing to be little children? Let's be little children entering into the kingdom of God without anything but just the, the joy in it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this picture of, of children as they receive. And Father, we ask that it might be true of us. Father, we confess that we like earning it. We like making other people work for it. We like putting up walls around you and around your kingdom. And Father, we ask that you would, you would change our hearts. Would you renew the spirit of, of childlikeness in us that we may receive your kingdom with all the joy and the freedom that it brings. Father, would you work in us these things and would you help us to, to practice them that we may know the full goodness of Jesus Christ and that we may uh, enjoy you for all eternity. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. We thank you that you died. We thank you that you welcomed us and asked nothing in return. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you.